Salvation Lady Parks. everyone and welcome to episode 24 of Hidden Wings and Bloodlust. I've got a bit of a long episode today, hopefully an informative one though, and I want to recommend a book to you all this week and it's called The Hysteridae, Sphaeritidae and Silverdae of Britain and Ireland and it's authored by Lane Lucas and Ashley Whiffin who is the assistant curator of entomology at Natural History Museum Scotland. The book is all about dung and carrion beetles and is a complete guide to every species found in the UK. Among other things, these beetles are really useful in forensic entomology, fertilising the soil and some display feeding behaviour similar to birds in their nests. So if you want to find out more, you can order it online. So if you're ready, let's get started with today's show. This episode is all about what ladybirds do in the winter. And I don't know about you, but to me, this is a seriously fascinating aspect of the ladybird's life cycle. And hopefully by the end of this episode, you'll feel the same way as well. So first of all, let's get some terminology out of the way. Overwintering and hibernation basically mean the same thing. But overwintering is the terminology that is used to refer to the hibernation of insects. And in this podcast, I'll refer to it as overwintering most of the time. Um, I'll try not to talk about hibernation, but I'll also talk about winter dormancy. And you might sometimes also hear the word diapause, which is often used to refer to a very deep state of suspended animation. But because ladybirds aren't completely inactive all the time, it's probably more correct to talk about winter dormancy. So, why do ladybirds go dormant in the winter? Basically, in the winter, there's not really that much in the way of food. And below a certain temperature, it's difficult for larvae to develop. And so to conserve energy for later on in the year when it is warmer, ladybirds will stock up on food for the winter months, then find a place to sleep, and then stay there pretty much until the weather is is better. And a ladybird can actually survive on fat reserves that it ate as a larva and in adulthood, and they can actually survive for days or weeks without food if they don't use too much energy. And the more they ate when they were younger the more they can survive over the winter. But during the winter, they there really isn't that much in the way of food around and the ladybirds need to conserve energy. When it's sort of warmer and sunnier, they do kind of wake up a bit. They might walk around and have a drink or shift position a bit, but they will largely stay where they are. It can be for, for months So most ladybirds are able to go through a period of this winter dormancy and during this time they're really hugely inactive and they've got a vastly lower respiration rate 
so they're not taking in as much oxygen or what they do is they use triggers like the length of daylight which is also known as the photo period and the reduction in the temperature to know when they should start or finish the dormancy process and it takes a lot of time for them to get acclimatized start producing the chemicals they need so if the weather is suddenly very cold or there's like a prolonged frost after like a warm day and then a very cold night that can end up killing the ladybirds especially if they're not used to it if they haven't got enough fat stores and in in one study harlequin ladybirds that were suddenly frozen to minus 20 pretty much all died but if the temperature was lowered gradually say first to zero then minus five then minus 10 and so on then most of them survived eventually when it did get to minus 20 in this experiment and while some species spend this dormancy period in soil or leaf litter what often captures people's attention or imagination is that many ladybirds do choose exposed locations such as fence posts tree trunks even gravestones sometimes and you do get sometimes some ladybirds like especially the harlequin but also the two spot and eleven spot as well even coming into the house on occasion. So most ladybird species are capable of this kind of behaviour, but a lot of the time, depending on how long-lived the type of ladybird that it is, is only one generation of the year might actually do so. And that's sort of the case with species that only live around six months or shorter than that such as the 14 spot there are some species that will live up to three years like the seven spot and they might go through this hibernation process twice or at least once according to the american amateur entomologist society there are two ways in which an insect can survive cold weather freeze tolerance and freeze intolerance Freeze tolerance is where an insect can survive being frozen as it can control where ice crystals form within its body. So like it, they will form between their cells and not within the cells. And as soon as the ice melts, the insect becomes active again. Freeze intolerance is where an insect prevents itself from becoming frozen in the first place. And it has anti-freeze chemicals in its body, which prevent ice crystals from from forming inside it at all. By stopping ice forming inside the insects, the insect can be super cooled, so it will be below freezing point and not freeze. Most ladybirds fall into the freeze intolerance category. So for some species, they need this dormancy period so that their sexual organs can finish developing and they can breed. But the main reason dormancy happens is to get through cold temperatures and to survive months without any food. During this time, ladybirds will experience reduced metabolism and their respiration rate will also reduce, helping them survive and conserve their energy stocks. And 
ladybirds actually aren't in this sort of deep dipoles state the entire time they're overwintering. And on warmer days, they can wake up, they can have a drink of water and they can bask in the sun and walk around a little bit. Many insects overwinter as larvae or pupae and then emerge as adults in the spring. For example, you might have seen grubs in the soil or butterfly pupae hanging from branches. But in general, ladybirds overwinter as adults and there are only a couple of exceptions to this. A lot of the exceptions are inconspicuous ladybirds and they include skimless impacts in Europe and Coxidophilus marginata in North America. But some of the more conspicuous ladybirds can overwinter in previous developmental stages. So they include Hyperaspis lateralis in California, which is reported to overwinter either as a pupa or as an adult. And I looked it up when I was researching this episode, and it's a beautiful looking little black and white yellow ladybird. And in Japan, there is a subspecies of seven spot called Cochinella septumpunctata brookii, which I discussed on the show back in episode one. In Honshu, in southern Japan, any stage of these seven spots can overwinter, whether it is eggs, larvae, pupae or adults. They've got very, very big spots and they seem a lot more likely to be merged than sort of regular seven spots like we get here. And in general, they display a little bit more variation. In 2005, researchers in Honshu in Japan went to a south-facing riverbank which got a lot of sun and discovered that most seven spots there were dormant, but some were actually breeding despite the freezing temperatures outside and any kind of age or stage of life of the ladybirds could actually be found there due to there being a lot of aphids. The ladybirds were also making use of thermal conduction with artificial microclimates found in metal cans, paper and other man-made objects worn by the sun and they could therefore carry on their life cycle throughout the winter. Unfortunately, when a ladybird is overwintering in cold conditions, it can sometimes sustain what's called chill injuries and it can sort of make it tired and it can be difficult for the ladybird to survive if it's overwintering and then if it wakes up and there's a warm spell which lasts a few weeks then there's a heavy frost and then maybe there's a warm spell again and then another frost especially if this process keeps on repeating it can really take them by surprise and as the weather in many countries is becoming more erratic the winters are lasting for a shorter time the days are warm and perhaps the nights are cold and there's spells of very sudden cold weather when the ladybird's body has just adapted to a warmer temperature and started consuming a lot more energy than what it's got stored and additionally if ladybirds breed because there's a warm spell in january or february and it all freezes again and they haven't got a microclimate keeping them warm like in honshu that means most of the time the larvae which are basically meant to hatch out in the spring, probably won't survive there. Not all ladybirds are actually dormant during the winter. Some of them might be dormant during the summer, or they've only got a small, short period of inactivity and they don't go into a full dipole state, like this can happen in parts of Spain or in North Africa. And when the weather is bad on colder or wetter days in summer, 
Ladybirds can even enter a temporary dormancy of a few days and huddle together until the weather improves. And I actually found an example of this last summer. I found some out on a walk. I found some 24 spots and seven spots. They sort of clustered together in these leaves that have been sort of sewn up together by spiders. And it was really, really interesting. So, unfortunately, as we all know, we're in lockdown. And that basically means that anything apart from essential shops plus a few other things are closed to stop the spread of COVID. And even when we haven't been in lockdown for about a year now, I think sort of from about the middle of March, there have been various restrictions on the size of the gatherings that can take place. So we all know about like not meeting people indoors, wearing a mask and so on. And of course, earlier in the year, we had what was called the rule of six, which meant that you could only meet six people at a time. And this is all part of a method to stop the spread of a pandemic called social distancing. And now this lockdown is on and it's said that it's probably going to end around March. And coincidentally, that's around the time that the ladybirds start to emerge from their overwintering period. But I'm afraid social distancing and lockdowns do not apply to ladybirds. I'm sure you'll be shocked to know that several species of ladybirds can regularly be found in huge aggregations during the winter, with one group of 16 spots found in a bramble hedge in the 70s, numbering around 2 million. And oddly enough, all the ladybirds in one group might not actually be from the same species. And for the last few years now, I've been finding large numbers of overwintering ladybirds in my local park, often of many species together, such as 16 spots, 7 spots, orange ladybirds, pine ladybirds, and probably others too. The orange ladybird, by the way, is orange with white spots, and it's got a little, almost like a sort of face shield that it tucks its head under when it's um, not active. But I'm afraid there's a downside to this lack of social distancing. And you can probably guess what it is. Especially in damp conditions, diseases can spread through the overwintering site very rapidly. And the winter is probably the most dangerous time of year because they're sort of asleep, not really moving around. There's no food. There's often very wet and damp conditions, which are ideal for things like fungi or bacteria to spread. And sometimes overwintering ladybirds, depending on where they're staying, can have over 50% mortality by the end of this hibernation time, depending on where they are. This is due to low temperatures and the spread of infection. And so if they haven't eaten enough in the preceding months or they catch a disease while they're dormant this can be very very bad news so ideally maybe the ladybirds should be spaced two centimeters apart in their hibernation clusters or maybe they should even wear masks so given all these downsides why do they snuggle together so there are a number of reasons for this and if you heard my listeners questions episode on this topic last week then you might actually know already So perhaps the most important reason is safety in numbers. If an animal finds a group of seven spots, let's say, and just eats one, it's likely to never want to eat another seven spot again. And 
when they wake up in the spring, they'll also be able to find other ladybirds to mate with much more easily, and they won't have to travel very far and use up yet more energy. So don't forget, by the time they wake up, they won't have even eaten for several months, and in some cases they won't have eaten for more than half the year. It's also important to ladybirds to keep dry and therefore protect themselves from disease. Fungal infections are much more likely to spread when it's damp, so that's a factor in where they choose to overwinter. It's also important for a food source to be accessible to them when they wake up. Part of the reason why, obviously, ladybirds are not active in the winter is because aphids also are not active. So, for all these reasons, ladybirds do tend to congregate where other ladybirds are or have been, and they can be found in the same places year after year because they've detected where other ladybirds are through pheromones and other chemical signals, or because they just happen upon other ladybirds and because they've been searching for somewhere to overwinter themselves, they find them there and think, oh, well, it must be a good place. So we've talked a bit about ladybird aggregations in exposed areas like fence posts. Now let's talk about other overwintering possibilities. And a lot of ladybirds go for cracks and crevices, either man-made or natural, and they can overwinter either singly or in huge groups. The Cream Street Ladybird and the 18 Spot Ladybird often spend the winter under conifer bark, and 18 Spot Ladybirds tend to prefer the tops of mature Scots pine trees, so it's quite rare to see them at all. And sometimes ladybirds can overwinter on low-lying leaves or stems of plants, which are close to the ground. This can happen with 14 spots. You can also find seven spot ladybirds snuggled up in seed heads, dead leaves still attached to the plant or not. And you can also often find in sort of nutshells and beech nuts especially, you can find 10 spot ladybirds. A lot of ladybirds overwinter in the soil or on leaf litter. This can happen with the eyed ladybird, which refers to overwinter in the soil or leaf litter around pine trees and other conifers. The 11 spot also sometimes comes into buildings but prefers leaf litter or plant debris. This sort of emphasises the importance of trying to keep leaf litter where it is as far as possible, or at least not throwing it away or hoovering it up, especially in an environment such as park, because you don't really know what can be using it as a home. So why do these ladybirds go underground or in leaf litter? So one reason is that this way they can keep out of the rate of predators such as, well, certain types of birds, for instance. And by going into the soil, species such as the eyed ladybird, which commonly inhabit temperate climates with long winter periods, which are often incredibly cold, are able to sort of avoid exposure to harsh temperatures avoid being covered in snow and ice and insulate themselves from that to some extent. All ladybirds can produce antifreeze and special proteins to prevent them from freezing over the winter, but it does take energy to produce them and they also need to burn the energy to get through long periods without any food. So if they sort of burrow themselves into the ground where it's a lot more warmer and more insulated, they don't have to use so much energy on the stopping themselves from freezing. I've talked a bit about the sort of lack of social distancing leading to the spread of diseases and the exposure to the elements that can occur 
when the ladybirds have gathered together in a exposed area. But spending winter in leaf litter or the soil is not without its issues. And some studies have shown that species that do commonly do so are much more sensitive to temperature and climate changes than ladybirds that overwinter in more exposed locations and cope better with temperature fluctuations. And this isn't something I really want to go on about very much on the show, but if you've got a dog, I mean, you really should clean up after it because if a lot of dogs walk in the same area day after day, dog poo can end up damaging the pH of the soil and it can actually sometimes have an impact on whatever's hibernating in that soil. I ought to say as well, You might have heard in the US and the UK, there is one type of ladybird that might be somewhat unwelcome visitor to the home during the winter. This is, of course, the Harlequin ladybird, otherwise known as the multicoloured Asian lady beetle. Sometimes other species of ladybirds do come into your house looking for shelter. I did mention the 11 spot and the 2 spot. Two years ago, I did unfortunately find a dead tent spot on the windowsill by the back door, which obviously come in looking to overwinter there. And ironically, two spots and ten spots are actually quite threatened by the harlequin and its voracious appetite. So if you do find a ladybird in your house, don't, as I've said again and again, don't assume that it's a harlequin. Harlequin ladybirds are not native to the UK. They're native to the area around Japan, northern India and Himalayas. And in their original habitat, they keep warm in winter by going into more sheltered and possibly warmer areas such as caves. But now they're attracted to the heat of people's houses. And they do cause a problem because they gather around door and window frames. And if they're disturbed, then... They can smell quite strongly because of the reflex blood and other fluids they've contained inside. There is another problem with having ladybirds in the house. Generally speaking, we do like to have the heating up pretty high to keep warm. But if it is too warm in the house, what will happen is the ladybird will wake up, start looking for food, will not be able to find any, and it will just use up all of its energy and eventually it will just die So whatever type of ladybird it is, whether it's a harlequin, whether it's a two spot, whatever, whatever it is, either put it outside or put it in the coldest place in the house and make sure it's got some access to the outdoors. So we've come to the end of the episode and I really hope you've enjoyed it. I know it's a bit long. If you like this show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And... I'm sorry to do this, but unfortunately, the show does cost money to produce. So in the next episode, I'll be giving out details on how you can support me once I've set up a platform to use. You can follow me on Twitter at HWAB Podcast, like my Facebook page, Hidden Wings and Bloodlust, or subscribe to my Instagram at 365.ladybird. All the sources I've used will be listed in the show notes. Music is by Deborah Torrance. Thanks for listening and goodbye for now.